on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. It's interesting that you would bring up the deal with your bride, and I loved how you made that real. I'm sure that those were like real conversations for you guys back then. <laughs> From the chuckle, I can already feel the energy, but my wife and I have had the same conversations. I remember a time where she begged me not to open up a new location of a franchise that we had years ago, and I lost my shirt on that deal. Probably north of $500,000, just gone. And she called it. She called it. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. I am your host, and I am back with you today. I've got Bob Rubin here on the King stage. Bob, welcome. How are you? Great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Doing great. Good, man. I, I appreciate the nod here to be on the show and to spend some time and passing some awesome advice and, and your journey onto entrepreneurs. So thank you. Uh, tell us what kind of business that you have. Well, basically, I started in this business about 30 years ago or so. And it's basically a financial advisory business, really was more in the insurance side, made a move about nine years ago to the investment advisory, almost exclusively side. It's kind of an inversion. It was originally yep. over 90% insurance, 10% under assets under management, went the other way around. Kind of in the middle of that, in a completely weird sense, I founded Machine Gun America up in Orlando, which is a tourism machine gun range. It's still there. I, I founded it, started raising money, did all that to get it going. I don't go up there anymore. Just one of the okay. owners now. Yeah. But so that was a separate kind of entrepreneurial adventure that I went into. But at the same time, I was continuing to do Ruben Wealth Advisors. Then one of my one of my mentors about three years ago, somebody who's actually not that conservative, came to me and he says, hey, you should go completely politically conservative. You're in the conservative movement. You know, I'm on the board of Turning Point. I'm, I'm involved with I'm friends with a lot of politically conservative people that, you know, you know, out there that are pundits and all sure. that, you know, I hang with these sure. guys. And, and so I did, I went that way. I did lose some liberal clients, but what I found is, is that, that I like to, I like to hang out with conservatives. Conservatives like to hang out with conservatives. Liberals, a lot of times, you know, are a little more harsh on us. You know, they like to cancel us for all sorts of different reasons. You know, the last Supreme court case was about that with the, with the wedding cake in the bakery. Right. And so conservatives are, you know, we're, we're sort of take it more in. We're okay. Live and let live kind of people. And I, basically, we found a home for conservatives to come here and invest their money, bank here and all that. So that's what they do. Yeah. And we've grown. We're almost $130 million now. And we're growing at about 10% per quarter, which is, which is pretty good. So we're, we're yeah. pretty happy with that growth number. We're actually getting ready to try to do some marketing and stuff to try to triple that number, believe it or not. So okay. we're pretty happy. Okay. Yeah, so it's all good so far. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the perspective there of really it's a business principle of just honing in on who you serve best or how uh, that, you know, the, the, the opportunity that you have. And sometimes it's not by serving everybody. Um, and I think every business owner actually should take that away. Right. Yeah. You know, I kind of learned this at, at Machine Gun America is that, you know, obviously not everybody is cool with people shooting machine guns. Right. I mean, that is that is a right. very polarizing a, kind of thing. A, now, yeah, big topic. You just go out on the road and do it. It's in a very controlled environment. But what I found right. is, is the more with the people that hated us, hated us, the more the people that loved us, loved us. So there yeah. really was, it was pretty polarizing. On this end, it's not quite like that because we, we're swap shop. It's not, we don't do crazy stuff. But right. it, it is true that, that yeah, the left might not like some, like if you look at my website and kind of some of the stuff that we do, my writings and all that, and we're anti-ESG, we're anti-CRT, we're anti-DEI. I mean, these are all Marxist type you know, thought processes and what they're trying to impose upon us. 
And, you know, we're all about capitalism. We're all about free markets and free enterprise. And that's what entrepreneurship is all about is, and that's what's so yeah. cool about this country is that, you know, still, hopefully they don't ever take this away, is that you have a right to go out and build something, right? And there's not a right. caste or class system in the United States that says, oh, because you were born this family, you can't do you can't. that. Or because you were born in this family, you are doing that or whatever. We right. don't have that here. We have, you know, you, you have a couple dollars, you have a lot of elbow grease, you have a good idea, and you work your butt off, and you know how to go through the concrete wall, not around it, over it, or under it. You can build a great business, right? And and that's really yeah. cool. Like, isn't that, to me, that's like the, a cornerstone of America, you know, the, yeah. the right to be happy. The right to be happy under the Constitution was really about the right to excel economically, right? So I think that's awesome, and that's what I celebrate. And those are the kind of clients that I have is, is those kind of business owners that build businesses and and they do go through that wall all the time and they fight regulation, they fight the government for the right to be able to do what they want to do and fight for customers and and fight to build a business and technology and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's great. It's I, I love that we can still do that in this country. Yeah. Well and and thank goodness, even from a perspective of personally, you know, grew up single mom family. So thank goodness nobody said because of this, I couldn't X. And it's actually oftentimes entrepreneurs take what you just said as literal reason to go do the thing. You know, it's the chip on the shoulder, right? right? Right. You know, think about if you were born in India, if you were born in England, if you were born in a lot of states that you don't, countries that you don't think are, you know, third world country states or countries, right. they have caste systems there. And it's it's hard to, to somehow build a business. You know, you're in Italy, if you want to be an entrepreneur in Italy, you know what it takes to open a business there? My God, right? It's hard. Yeah, we bitch about the bureaucracy here and, you know, getting zoning permits and business permits and occupational licenses and all that crap you have to have, right? But right. it's still, it might be bad everywhere, but we're at least at the top of the, the, the SHIT show, right? Yeah. Right. So at least right. we're, we're at the top of that show, right? Yeah, I I... I I see that. And and also just the value. And, and really, I guess it's free enterprise. Like you said, free enterprise can, I'm sure can be defined in a lot of different ways, but free enterprises, like you said, unto whatever reason I have, I'm going to go build whatever I want. Now, obviously there's confines around being helpful and not harmful. And you know, that, that thing, like, I think that everybody it's understands. Legal, right. You know, <laughs> gotta be legal and, and let's, <laughs> let's bring value. Right? right. And that's really what, when you really break it down, it's like, okay, no, I have, I have, individual power and corporately, I can band together with other people to create something, whether it's other entrepreneurs in my community, people on my team, my family, we can change the environment based on the good things that we're able to produce and or build. Would you agree? Yeah. And look how easy it is to create a partnership. You get together right. with your buddy, create a partnership and you go build a business. Right. Like in some yeah. countries, you can't do that. Yeah. We're lucky to do that, right? Yeah, you've obviously spoken from a you know a passion of of the love of country and the love of entrepreneurialism and free enterprise. Did this just always reside in you? Did it? Did it? Was there a catalytic event that made you think this way? What like what happened? Why is it? Why is it like this? You know, I get asked that, and it's funny you can't see the backdrop, but I have two huge American flags to the right side of me, right in oh. my office, right. Like that's just my thing, right. And, you know, in the front of my house, I alternate between flying an American flag, the regular American flag, the first responder flag, and then another flag that says socialism sucks. So like those are the those are the rotating flags in the front of my house. Right. Well, plus the Gators and Penn State and a few others. But anyways, I don't I don't know. You know, it's funny because I, I joined the young Republicans when I was 24, but I wasn't really hardcore right wing. 
I'm a thinking person and I really started realizing how bad the government and the elites were imposing their way on us. And it was all about a control that was putting the thumb on us. COVID was a perfect example of that, you know, how they really put the thumb on us and they, they lied to us about so many different things. But it went back way yeah. before that, that, you know, border control and the way they would pass laws that were just, you know, very, even Republicans were very pro big business, but they sure weren't pro little guy entrepreneur like you and me, right? And the right. Your audience, you know, you really, how many laws were really passed or how many regulations were really put in effect by the Department of Commerce? by the Small Business Administration that benefited right. us. I can assure you, not a lot. It always aimed at big business. So I just, once I kind of realized that, and that that was, you know, it took me a while to get there. I just decided that I was going to fight that. Like I was, you know, I have I have a big pair and I just decided that I just, I I, I always didn't care. Like, like I, I didn't worry about what was going to happen to me. And I sure. always push it out there and it makes some people uncomfortable well, and yeah, too bad. So I just yeah. did it. So I don't know if that's a great answer to the question, but it just sort of happened over a period of time. And, and now, you know, I, I say, Hey, guess what guys, I'm a POC. And the left goes, Oh, you know, POC, what that means. Right. I'm like, okay, <laughs> Google is white a color. Yes. White's a color. I'm a person of color, just like the rest of us. You know, I just right. don't put up with all that stuff. I think it's all nonsense. Yeah. Well, I mean, what we're talking about is potentially, you know, the things that divide us versus the things that unite us. And so I can appreciate that. Yeah. What about for financial services? So we got your passion for country and we got your passion for, for free enterprise. What about for finance and helping people with, with investing? So I really, like I kind of said at the beginning about the, the entrepreneur going through the, the concrete wall, not over it, not around it, et cetera. Yeah. I yeah. really get off of the fact of helping a business owner becomes successful. I really get off on the fact of having a person who has some money and helping it grow. I mean, our minimum now is is a million dollars as far as what we, we allow people to bring in. We, we do make some exceptions for that. But I really like helping people succeed. Even at my age, I mean, I've been doing this a long time. I think it's great. So I do have a passion for that. I, I like helping people. I, I recommend this book called Psychology of Money by Morgan Household. If you've ever heard of that book before, it's a great book and it really helps you understand, you know, what wealth is all about and what saving money, why you should be saving money and how you should be investing and the difference between luck and risk. And, and I love right. talking about all these subjects and I like, I like helping people with that. I like seeing a son or a daughter of a client, you know, clients got millions of dollars and the, the kid's just getting started out and I've taught him. So he gets a couple hundred bucks extra. It shows up in his account. That kid's going to be a millionaire, like at 24. His account might only have 30 grand in it, but you know what? He's put 200, 400, 600. Teach him to live like a college student now so you don't have to right. live like a college student later. He Once yeah. he gets that and he's continuing to live like a college student for a few years, and that graph, which is, you know, your money grows really flat for a long period of time, and then it's like the hockey stick, that graph right. is real. It does work. And if you get somebody in the 20s who buys into that, yeah, I mean- it, it's true and they're going to be incredibly successful. So yeah, I, I have a passion. I, I like to help people. I really do. That's cool. It makes me think of a couple of folks that, um, you know, they were, I guess I was in my twenties too, actually. I was thinking of a sales team that I used to run years and years ago. And I had a couple of young guys, they were two and three years younger than me. Okay. So I was 24 maybe, wow. and they were 22. I know yeah. crazy, Kid. but I was trying to actually talk to them about this because they were talking about, you know, every weekend they'd spend two or 300 bucks at the bars or whatever. I'm just like, gone forever. did you know? 
that if you just took one of those weekends a month and put it in an investment, by the time you're X, that it's going to be, you know, however many millions. And they just looked at me like starry eyed, like, what are you talking about, man? I'm like, ah, I don't know. Like, it's not you spending two and $400 a weekend on beer and women, you know, come on, man. I don't well, know. Chest, they're not educated, right? Like, you know, we do a lot of 401ks, so I'll talk to participants, right? You know, some kid who just came out of school, he's just going to work for a company, he's making $75,000 a year, and he says, why should I participate in a 401k? And I'm like, why should you? It's like, why shouldn't you max out and try to put away $22,500? I mean, that's what I think, but I can't tell him that, right? And I, and I have to start educating him on just the basics of why it's so important to start saving money, just like you said about that, those kids not going out to the bar yeah. every week, you know, just everyone's putting the money aside, right? And if they did yeah. that, how much happier they would be now. Listen, right. we don't teach, it, the, the educational system has failed us, whether it's K through 12 or higher ed. Um, it's right. all about an indoctrination camp into liberal values and, and, and Marxist values. And, you know, you don't see classes on, you know, what is the difference between a stock and a bond? What's the difference between a checking on and a savings account? Why is it important right. to save money? You know, how, how does it, is there's good stocks, as bad stocks? How do I at least learn a little bit? How do I, how should right. I start investigating this stock? What's the difference between an IRA and a 401k? These are basic things that people should know, right? But yeah. They've never even heard of it. Never mind. They might have seen it in yeah. the newspaper, order, but it's never been taught to them by anyone. Right. You know, unless yeah. they got, you know, some special, you know, outside financial literacy company came in and sort of helped them to try to learn it. But as far as the regular curriculum in K through 12 or higher ed, yeah, it's not there. Yeah. Which it, it, taking that kind of trajectory, it makes it unknown, which makes it scary, which makes then people stay away from it. Exactly. Which then keeps them broke. Yeah. And then they, you know, then they hear it from me. You know, and it's like, oh, who's this big guy trying to tell him what to do? And it's like, right. I only want you to be successful. The only thing I want is this 401k to grow. And once they get that, you know, I, I can sell and I and I teach people, you know, and I, on why it's important. But it's a shame what I have to overcome, what, what us in the industry have to overcome to try to right. teach somebody to have some basic financial literacy. I mean, right. come on. Yeah. But, yeah. It's like that in business, too. So we've got entrepreneurs and you know, they've taken the risk. They love free enterprise. Like you're talking about, I want to build something for my family, but even inside of the building, dollar in, dollar out, <laughs> you know, and I'm uh, living for the, for the weekend or for, for this quarter, maybe I have no, no idea that, you know, 10 years is going to go by really, really fast. So that same 22 year old that I was talking about in sales, it's the same 35 year old who's running a business. And in 10 years, they're going to be 32 and 45. Period. And that 10 years is going to go by really, really fast, whether they're investing or whether they're building a business, right? It does go by fast. I mean, that's just life, right? Not just investing, but I mean, I wish I was 32 again and, and know what I know now. It, I'd be dangerous, right? But it yeah. does from 22 to 32 is, is does go by fast. And listen, I was either in sales or an entrepreneur my whole life and it was hard. You know, I mean, there was a lot of times that I struggled, that I cried, you know, that I like, I didn't know yeah. at times where my next dollar was going to come from to pay to fill my car up with gas, right? Like, right. like I literally didn't know if my wife didn't have a regular steady job. I mean, I, there would have been times, I didn't even want to think about it, I guess. How would I have looked like, <laughs> would I have had a place to yeah. stay? You know, and my first child had autism, you know, so that, that made it kind of interesting wow. also, right? So he was, you know, he's the coolest thing on the planet, but still back then, you know, now that I have some success, it's a little easier. Back then, you know, it was like, I don't even always pay to therapy. So I'm like, you know, what my parents right. were helping, you know, all that kind of stuff. But 
yeah, yeah that you, you gotta you really have to realize how fast everything goes and you really need to put some some money aside and that whole thing i say about you know you live like a college student now so you don't have to live like a college student later hey it, it's also about like how you save money like people think you need to save money for a specific reason like to buy a car to, to buy a house to right. whatever you know whatever the reason might be but i yeah. completely disagree with that you should be saving money just to save money like it because right. you don't know what the world what's coming down this the pike right i mean that's right god knows that's it right so it's like you should be putting money aside just for the sake of putting money aside you should be not spending money just for the sake of not spending money. Yeah. I pack my own lunch. Believe me, I can afford to go out to lunch. And I live in Boca Raton. It's a very high-end, wealthy place, and lunch is not cheap. Yep. And you know what? That's why I pack my own lunch, because lunch is not cheap. And I'd rather spend right. $2.50 in lunch than $25 in a lunch. Right. Yeah. I'm still it's compounding. Yeah, I mean, you you just understand the the compounding effects, which is the same that we make in business, even outside of the dollar. The compounding effects of marketing, the compounding effects of of working with a certain people or avatar, and and really honing into that message in your marketing or in your sales process or in your fulfillment, helping them understand the investing, like you're talking about, or whatever it is that their services that they're listening. The piece here that I want to press into because it, it, we we hear investing or saving a lot, like it's not just brand new. But the percentage of people that actually do it is so low. So what is it something that's super practical right now that the listener, they're paying attention to you, they're hearing potentially what they've already heard before, but they're ready to go do the thing. How do they start the thing? So what I would do right off the bat is I would just call up Charles Schwab and go schwab.com, right? And, and yeah, I, I'm a Schwab shop, but I don't work for Schwab. We just associate with them. So I don't get a dime out of this or anything. Just go to Schwab.com, go to Fidelity, it doesn't really matter. I don't really care. And open up an account, put put $100, $500, $1,000, whatever you can put in there, right? And put it into the S&P 500, right? Regular S&P 500, this, they all have funds for that, SWVXS, whatever, there's, there's different ones that they have and just invest it. But here's the, the second part's the most important. Set up a dollar cost averaging, set up an automatic investment from your checking account into that Schwab of Fidelity account. It's $200 a month, do $50 a month, do 200 whatever you, whatever you can do, but it's gotta be automatic. That's yeah. the key. And then you get used to it, you get, a, you, know, you get accustomed to it, like it doesn't hurt your budget. It feels right, you know, whatever it is. Right. Now right. go up by, go to $300 a month, and then go to $400 a month. That's what they should do. Yeah, love and that. Never touch um, it, never, never touch, touch that it. money. Just let, you know, all of a sudden it comes up and, you know, your girlfriend or your boyfriend wants to do something, you want to go on vacation. No, that money is never touched under no circumstances. None do you touch that money. That's yeah. the advice I would give them. So the, the same mindset that you have around the automatic piece, I want to play into this for a second because I was talking to a guy on the pod here, I don't know, a couple months ago. He's like, you know, Jazz, if, if people had to pay their taxes in dollar form or actually write a physical check as opposed to it being automatically taken, there would be a revolution, a revolution. you know, or whatever. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and it's like, hmm, I've, I've heard that in the storybooks once before. But to what you're saying, it's the same principle, right? Of like, okay, wait a second. Use the power of it being over here without me thinking about it and just go figure out your life without it, right? Just like you do with your taxes. <laughs> it's called paying would, yourself would you, first. That's, the, that's pay what it's yourself called. First. Pay yourself that's right. first. That's right. I love yeah. that. What 
what do you think? You, you mentioned a couple minutes ago that, you know, if, if you were 32 with the knowledge that you have now, like, oh my goodness. Okay. So we got a 32 year old listening right now. He's, or she's in her, in their business and it's you all over again. What would you like? What's a really good decision outside of obviously you just gave some investing stuff, but what's a really practical thing that maybe you did later that you would have done sooner and they could go do it now. So a lot of people now have not gotten married by the time they're 32. Get married and have a really good partner. Don't marry yeah. an idiot. Like having a really good partner, you know, wife, you know, spouse, wife, husband, or whatever is so important. And it can make the difference for you between success and yeah. not success, right? Yeah, we really can't pass over that too quickly because that's that is just yes. hundred percent agreed. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Have kids, build a family, right? Your values wow. will change. What you think was important before is not, right? I can tell you going out to the bar will change because the first time you come home hungover and the next morning right. you wake up to a to a three-month-old who's screaming who doesn't oh, yeah. care that you oh, have yeah. a hangover, that will or change what time your it is. views. Really. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you have kids. I, have, we, I can assure you we, we all go through that. And you don't want, you know, unless you're an alcoholic, you ain't going to do that again, right? You might do it right. twice if you're not that bright, but you're not going to do it three times, right? So that changes the view on life, right? And then you want to get some urgency to what you're doing. You really want to try to learn from others, right? You want to get some wisdom. You know, the smart people learn from their own mistakes, but wise people learn from the mistakes of others. And yeah. try to really get some urgency into what you're doing and really build up and learn from other people. And the, and the last thing I would do really is get a really good mentor. Yeah. All of those things are great. We could probably do a podcast on each one of those topics. Right. What do you think for you looking back would have been, you know, like, I guess of those topics that you just gave, what was the thing that you think that you could have pressed more into that you didn't? I should have inverted my business from 90% insurance to 10% investments and then to the 90% investments, 10% insurance. I should have right. done that five to 10 years earlier. Okay. Why? I would have been happier and wealthier. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There was, there's a lot of reasons, but it just, I couldn't have done it earlier than that. I wouldn't have been successful, but I waited. I kind of knew I wanted to do it. And then I waited too long. Once I said, you know, I really should do this. I'm like, yeah, I should really do this. Yeah, I really should do this. No, no. Once it came to me, I should do this, do a little bit of investigation, right. spend a few months figuring out and just do it. And I took, you know, literally five, eight years to, to say, I'm going to do it. And then it did take a couple of years to actually do it. Because that right. you kind of can't get around that part that sort of the transition yeah. part, because it's literally a new, a new business, but it's at yeah. five to years prior. I mean, I was making money and all that, but I should have done it earlier. I hate should have, yep. could have, I'm answering the question, but yeah. 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 Hey, Chaz Wolf here. As many of you know, I have been on an absolute mission to help entrepreneurs from all across the country in many different industries level up their game and grow their business and intentionally connect with other entrepreneurs. We do that obviously through the podcast, but we also have a peer-to-peer -peer mastermind group specifically for seven to nine figure business owners. We are bringing some of the best and most successful entrepreneurs and minds together in a regular and super intentional way to not only grow our network, but to be able to leverage. And at a certain point in business, success becomes about leverage, leveraging time, leveraging resources, Leveraging key relationships. This is exactly what we're doing inside of the peer-to-peer -peer mastermind group called Gathering the Kings, specifically for seven- to nine-figure business owners. So if that's you, if you're ready to level up your seven- to nine-figure business even to the next level and get around other big hitters just like you, 
I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com, fill out a short application, and uh, it'll come to an application uh, call with me, and I want to chat with you to see if it might be a good fit. Talk soon. What do you think would have been like uh, maybe the reason? What I'm looking for is maybe that hinge point that you had that maybe the listener has also. Like they're hesitating on doing that next thing. What held you back from doing it sooner? Oh, I mean, it's it's fear of the unknown. You know, I have three kids, kids going to college, you know, I mean, all that kind of stuff, right? Like it's just, right. you know, it's the comfort. You know, you got to learn to be uncomfortable, right? And I have learned to be uncomfortable. I mean, not for nothing. When I, when I did make the change, my wife was 100% against it. She thought it was, you know, the craziest things like I could ever do. And yeah. I mean, honey, I love you, but you had no idea what you're talking about. You just didn't. And I told you that at the time. And, yeah. you know, you didn't know my business. I mean, I'm not Michael Corleone or anything, but, you know, she didn't know. And I knew it was yeah. the right thing to do. And I knew I waited too long in doing it, but I could have right. told her that a hundred times. I mean, I probably told her 10 times, but it didn't matter. So it, right. it was a hard thing ignoring her on that because, you know, she's my wife for many years and yeah. she's not an idiot. She's a smart lady. And I just needed to, you know, just to do this, but it was yeah. fear that holds you back. Right. But you do really have to step out of your comfort zone. It's, yeah. you know, this, there's, I have a little piece of paper on my desk. It's been here for 20 years. It says, don't pass up the good in the search of the perfect. Mm. Yeah. It's so good. And yeah. I, you don't want to wait, right. To make it perfect. Yeah. You just got to go. Right. And just got to go. Yeah. So that's. It's interesting that you would bring up the deal with your bride. And I loved how you kind of made that real. You know, I'm sure that those were like real conversations for you guys back then. <laughs> From the chuckle, I can, I can already feel the energy. But, you know, my wife and I have had the same conversations. I remember a time where she begged me not to open up a new location of a franchise that we had years ago. And I lost my shirt on that deal. Like probably north of $500,000 just gone. And she called it. She called it. It's tough. I don't know. You know? Right? Like, like, you know, so you got to still make a decision, right? I mean, what you the absolutely have been not to make the decision. Okay. So she was right. So, so I was right. And my wife was wrong. It could have been the other way around right. between us, right? We've never met before. It could have been the yep. other way around. You don't really right. know. And maybe the, maybe the third location after the second location, it didn't work. The third location, yep. she, and she would have dug her heels and honey, you shouldn't on the second <laughs> one. You sure as hell shouldn't do the third one. You go, no. We need to do the third one. Because That's we right. Why the second one didn't work. And I fixed the, the three things that would, that why it didn't That's work. That's right. And we're going to kill it in the third one. And you open it and you do it. I mean, you, you yeah. can just, you got to have a pair, right? <laughs> you just got to go and do it. That's sometime. right. And yeah. listen, you don't know. You just got to just go sometimes. That's right. The worst yeah. thing is just not doing anything. You got to just do it sometimes. That's right. Yeah. I think if anything, we've given them uh, two sides of the story of, Listening, not listening, whatever it is, I think that the partner relationship is absolutely key. However, to both of our points here is that sometimes you just you just got to figure it out along the way. And and to both stories, it's not the end either way. Right. Well, you know what's even more important, Chaz, is, is sometimes it'll be turned into that it's being disrespectful. And it's sure. not that. I mean, if you're handling it like an idiot and you're being a jerk or a dick right. about it, that's a different yeah. story. But if you're talking yeah. about it in a professional way and you're trying to figure it all out and you can try to keep the emotion out of it, which is hard between a husband and wife as compared to like two guys or two yep. girls or whatever. I understand that. But yeah. but you got to try to keep it away from the being disrespectful thing. And it's I agree. a decision, right? You know, and, and yep. it isn't the disrespect. Nope. Yeah, not at all. In fact, if anything, it was a it was a business meeting and I had 
a business case followed by numbers and she had intuition. And, <laughs> and at that time I valued a business case more than the intuition. And, and now I, I, I stopped just a little bit longer. Who knows, right? You know, and everything, it's funny. Everything is so clear in hindsight, right? It was like, oh, it's so oh, obvious, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Well, I think that if anything, the listener can go, yep, okay, I'm not the only one because no, that's how it works out. Got to figure this. Nothing's easy. Nothing worthwhile is easy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nor, nor if it was easy, would we accept it, which is a little bit of a limiting belief, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean. <clears throat> We work through those things so that there's value, right? Because we worked through it, then we appreciate it. There's value. Listen, just the fact that you're having that discussion with your spouse and you guys are knocking through that and trying to, we all are, you know, those of us that are trying to grow our businesses and grow ourselves and, 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 and you grow everything, you know, you don't want to leave your spouse behind, right? So I think there's actually, I mean, maybe it's an inverted, maybe I'm going to look too far in this. But it's almost as more of a respect the fact that you're having that decision versus you right. you didn't have to and you could have just gone out and done it and that would have been disrespectful right. and being kind of a dick, right? You know, you don't really want to do that. And so right. I think having the discussion is actually a really good thing. And if you know you don't agree, but you decide to move forward, fine. Yeah. You know, and I, and I think that's a sign of a, of a growing partnership, right? Right. Right. Yeah. I also think just just for a half second, just to speak to the traditional you know, husband and wife is that at the end of the day, Julie knows that if we disagree, that's okay. Like we can, we can disagree, but she's also going to know that whatever it is that I decide, I'm going to live with the consequences, good or bad. Like I'm not going to duck out. And, and so for that reason, she can know, even if it doesn't work out and she was right in this example, that I'm going to make it right. And I'm not going to just quit or give up. We knew at that moment, okay, we disagree. Right. And I gave her my case and I said, here's yeah. what I'm going to do. And she said, okay, well, well, I know that you've got it either way, right yeah, or wrong. Yeah. And, and that's, that's just where now we're talking about like, okay, as a husband, this is my role, right? As yeah. to, just to, I'm a protector provider. I'm going to make mistakes. And we do this as business owners, male or female at this point. We're constructing the thing. We're building the thing. Like we talked about at free enterprise. And inside of that, there's mistakes. <laughs> Sometimes that's when we hit a home run. No and but we got to live that. with consequences or the results either way, right? Yeah. And sometimes you got to find the strength and the weakness of the two people involved. It could be the woman has better job of intuition of just kind of, you know, just sort of judging the character of the guy. Like, you know, the right. guy's a scumbag or the guy's a great guy or whatever. And, and you, know, you might not have that intuition. She might have a better gut feeling than you do. Or maybe you're the person has a better gut feeling. I, you know, just right. find out whatever your, whatever your strengths are and, and then use, you know, because you both... It's for the good of the order, right? You know, on the same right, team, right. So exactly, you know, whatever, whatever the strengths is of, of the two partners, use that and trying to figure out and move forward. But then again, remember, sometimes good enough is perfect. That's right. Yeah, I appreciate that. Speaking on this kind of family vein, I'm really big on the word balance being ridiculous. Okay, and I'm really big on obsession being the real thing. So I'm I'm getting some some view over there. I love it. So as a business owner, I believe that I'm successful in my business because I'm obsessed, right? I'm all in. So my question to you is how have you been obsessed with your family and all the other things while building your business? Well, I mean, we have three, three great boys, right? And my oldest, as I said, has autism. His name is Scott. He didn't even speak to me. He was 14, right? He was completely wow. nonverbal. Scott is amazing. He works two jobs now. He works actually as a wow. dishwasher at a Mexican restaurant and you love that he's like the mayor there. It's unbelievable. 
And he I has another that. job in an anti-shoplifting company. I have another son who, who just graduated from UF in three years. I'm very proud of him wow. to, to knock that out. He's smarter than I am. And if you don't believe me, ask him. And then I have a, another middle child who graduated from Penn State. He also is smarter than me. And he'll tell you the same thing too. The, they both agree, <laughs> but that's a whole other story, right? <laughs> yeah, but I had passion around that, right? You know, and especially, yeah. you know, like I'm very proud of them and I help them. Well, I help two of the three. One of them definitely thinks that he doesn't need my help, but he will eventually at some point wake up and realize that I, I can't be of assistance to him. But that's right. That's let, right. let the network figure that one out. We'll, we'll leave that one at that. Yeah. Um, no, so I do have a lot of passion around my family and, around, and you know, especially around my kids. My wife yeah. and I, my, my wife, she runs a charity that helps. It's called Autism After 21 that actually wow. helps people that, that are on the spectrum and help them gain jobs because there's a huge unemployment rate in, in the special needs community. But yeah, my passion is really, you know, hanging out with the kids, doing stuff. I mean, they all don't live here, which makes it kind of hard. But no, I just, right. I don't know if you have kids, but I, that's, yeah. you know, it's all about that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I guess my, my message to the listener, the entrepreneurs is that, you know, it, it the same intensity, you use the word passion. I use the word obsession. It's like, okay, well, th what does this mean to us? It means that we're all in on this thing. And we know that as an entrepreneur in our business, like we know what it means to be all in. And so I guess my hope or my mission is just to help as many entrepreneurs out there recognize that they can go all in quote unquote with these other areas, one being their spouse, two being their children. Because it's like, that's how it's designed. That's how it's supposed to be. I loved what you said as far as a super practical thing that the listener can do. Like if you were telling yourself back in the day, it's like, no, go get married and have children. <laughs> it changes your perspective. It helps you, you know, have a different way of doing things. And so sure, I just think it's really important. Sure. And, but you got to get married with the right, the right partner. That's really important. You somehow have to listen to people around you that, you know, the girls are not, you got to, or the guys, you know, bad guy, whatever it might be, you know, you should take that right. advice because I think sometimes we think we know better. That's um, right. And maybe I'm a little nervous about the word obsessive because in the special needs community, you know, the whole obsessive thing is an issue. Sure. So that's why I use the word passion a lot because yeah, I yeah. see the OCD that goes on with all the people that we associate with. And we, we're always, we're always kind of battling yeah. the OCD. So that's yeah. my yeah. word to passion. So I do have yeah. a lot of passion around around stuff and maybe, maybe it becomes your word, but you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, I think even that is a great example. Like they're not, they're not missing a beat when it comes to that area of their life. Right. Like that's, that's really what it means. Like it, it is yeah. what it is. Yeah, good. So I, I appreciate that honesty as well. I got one last question here for you, Bob. I want to know if you had the real opportunity to whisper in the younger Bob's ear, reach back into time and whisper, what would you tell him? Wow. I'd like to think about that question for Matt. Wow, what would I tell him besides besides what I already said, obviously? Yeah, yeah. Buy real estate. <laughs> Buy real estate. Yeah. I love that. Why why would you why would you whisper that? Because all the real estate that I did buy, which is not enough of it, I did really well with. And it is the extension of what I do in my business, which is an annuitization of income, right? Is right. the real estate is a growth and an annuitization of income. Right. And I'm handy. Um, I'm resilient, very resilient. Um, and owning real estate with resiliency is a good combination. So yeah. I should have been buying single family homes when I was in my 20s. I should have lived more like a college student. And, and instead of buying a house that I was going to live in, live in an apartment right. and 
buy a house that I was going to rent and then do yeah. it again and again and again and then buy a house based upon that. That's what I would have told yeah. the young Bob. Yeah, I love that. Appreciate that perspective. How can the listeners find you? Number one, if they have a large enough either net worth or monies to invest and they want to reach out to you that way and or if they're an entrepreneur, they like your mission, they want to connect with you, how can they find you? So the easiest way to find me is just go to our website. It's rubenwealthadvisors.com or rubenwa.com. I'm also on Twitter on bruben1, I think it is. I'm also on Facebook under Bob Rubin. But you can just look me up. If you just look up Bob Rubin, politically conservative financial advisor, or you can type pretty much politically conservative financial advisor. And I'm, there are, we only know of like one of the person that's actually doing it. So I'm pretty easy to find, right? Yeah. And yeah, like more politically conservative entrepreneurs that don't want to deal with the woke BS and, and deal with, you know, all the stuff that's out there. We'll be glad to help them whether, you know, just we can even mentor them a little bit. It's fine. Yeah. Love that. I appreciate your willingness to serve in that regard. And we'll put all that in the show notes as well. Bob, we just wish you blessing on your family, all the things you're doing inside of your firm there and all the people that you're getting to help. Thank you for being here today. Oh, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. It was really good to get to know you. So thank you for your time. Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries, and now interviewing over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight and nine figure business owners is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together one thousand kings specifically who are grateful but not done we're intentionally assembling kings who fight tooth and nail for their business family and communities and here's what we believe that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy so if that relates and and resonates with you and you know that you need people around you sharp qualified other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 Kings. Talk soon.